You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Third down, the kids to go. The beater. 17 to 14. Cowboys out in front. Star begins to count. Takes the snap. He's got the quarterback. He's got the quarterback. He's got the quarterback. Hey, what's up, gang? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton Bailey. You you can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send us a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. And I just want to say happy 53-man uh, cut down day. Um, the roster is finalizing right now. It's actually already been finalized, and I tried to wait as long as I possibly could um, before I went live here. And the reason being is because – um, I wanted to have the final 53 on this podcast. I could have uh, started recording way earlier with the information we have. But, um, again, we wanted to give it a, a real shot at um, at possibly getting you guys all of the final cuts. So what we're going to do is kind of patch everything together here as much as we can. And I've done a little bit of research as far as contracts go um, uh, with this this current roster and the people that we have a really good idea have made the team. And this is assuming that some of them are not. Um, going on pup or staying on pup. That's the information that's really vital um, as we sit right now. So we're just going to kind of touch on the contractual aspect of the 53 man cut down. I, I'm not, I'm not going to do this podcast the way most podcasts are, are going right now. It seems like everybody's taking victory laps on how many they got right on the roster and, uh, and all that me, 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 look at, look at how good I am at predicting a roster type stuff. I'm not into that. Okay. What I want to do is have everybody kind of come away from this episode with a little bit of an understanding of, okay, what does this mean contractually? What does it mean for the salary cap uh, next year? Obviously this year's salary caps already kind of set. We could pretty much write off much of a rollover from this year's cap to the next, unless some kind of restructures take place, which I doubt it will. So, we wanted to just, like I said, give you an idea moving forward of how this roster is going to shake out. And it really gives us a bird's eye view into the aspect of, okay, what would the Packers be looking to scout very heavily in this year's coming draft, right? And I think that stuff's all important right now, especially as we enter this dead week before we have, uh, you know, real live football uh, next week starting on Thursday night. So that's kind of how we're going to approach this. It may be a little bit shorter of an episode, and if so, um, that's cool with me because I definitely don't want to waste your time. We want to kind of get into the uh, the uh, the important aspect as far as the cut down. Now, what's cool is I've got Twitter pulled up. I'm uh, I'm I'm linked in right now with everybody. So if news does break while we're recording this, we will touch on it. Okay, so let's just kind of dive into it. What I'm going to start with is uh, on PackersNews.com. They have the cut downs as they sit right now. Okay, and the title says, "Here's our running list of Green Bay Packers cuts to reach the 53 man roster." Uh, Jack Heflin, Jawan Winfrey, Tyler Goodson are among them. Okay, so I'm just going to kind of shoot through here real quick and tell you who did indeed get cut. These are cuts that have been confirmed. It doesn't mean it's the only cuts, and uh, obviously it doesn't mean they're not going to make it on the practice squad either. Um, it's just kind of 
updating this 53-man look. Okay, so Kobe Jones, outside linebacker, he was cut. Ramiz Ahmed, the kicker, was cut. Now, what's important about this is it has been confirmed now that Mason Crosby will be activated to the 53-man roster. So he is ready for week one to keep that streak alive. He appears to be healthy. I think this is a great move for Ramiz as well because if for some reason we have an issue with Mason Crosby, um, you know, he Ramiz didn't miss a kick. Ahmed didn't miss a kick all preseason. He looked really good. He looked great with the new operation there with, with uh, Pat O'Donnell. And uh, I think he's someone who could be a, a solid kicker. I mean, just based off of the information we have, right? I mean, it's a very minute sample size, but at the same time, um, you know, it is what it is. He, he did his job. I think he went six for six, if I remember correctly. So what you're going to want to do is try to stash him on the practice squad. And, and by the time you guys listen to this podcast tomorrow, um, if you didn't download it immediately, which it should go out here by about probably about 6 p.m. Central time uh, on cut down day. Um, you move Ramiz to the practice squad, and if for some reason that knee acts up on Mason Crosby, then bam, you got a guy who's already acclimated to Green Bay, the training facility, the operation of Pat O'Donnell, all that stuff. And I think that's very, very important. Okay, so uh, moving along here, we got uh, Ismail Hyman, wide receiver. He was cut, no surprise there. Caleb Jones, offensive tackle. This one kind of hurt me a bit because I love looking at the six foot nine, three hundred and seventy pounder. This dude's a hoss. I hope he makes it to the practice squad, but they indeed did cut him loose. Okay, and and one name I'm going to mention here that's kind of tied to that. It is confirmed that seventh round pick Rashid Walker did make the roster. Okay, so I want to mention that whatever they seen in Rashid Walker. Yeah, all the way back to rookie OTAs, I mean, he must have really, really shown him something because he didn't get a whole lot of playing time in the preseason. When he did play, his PFF grades were great, but um, they must have seen something right from the get-go. And I'm not talking about the the video of him humping the uh, defensive lineman there from college either. I think they seen something else in him. All right, the next cut is Michael Minnett, center, no surprise there. Nate Becker, tight end, he's gone. Uh, Enos Gaines, safety, he's gone. Ladarius Hamilton, that was, uh, I wouldn't say a surprise, but I, I would not have been surprised if Ladarius Hamilton made the roster. I thought he did everything he could in preseason, but however, he he has it has been confirmed he's been cut. Travis Fulgham, the uh, wide receiver, has been cut. Rico Gafford, cornerback. You guys heard me talk about, as I was kind of running through the grades on the last podcast, Rico did not have a good preseason. And, uh, you know, I, I hate it because he's, he's got all that speed, all that raw, you know, talent, that physical ability. And he, he's someone that you, you would think would, would be a stud on special teams with that kind of straight line speed, but it just didn't work out. Rico Gafford has been cut. Uh, Sean Davis, safety has been cut. That one kind of caught some people by surprise. It didn't surprise me because Sean Davis, I didn't, I didn't feel like he did anything. I really didn't. You know, Ryan and I were, we were all talking on the, on the, uh, the live stream last night and, uh, you know, he, he kind of had uh, Sean Davis penciled in just like a lot of people did. And it's because he's it's just kind of been this common knowledge that, no, he's the backup safety, right? He's just someone who's kind of penciled in, and it, and I can understand their point there. Um, but at the same time, I just didn't think he did enough to warrant, you know, uh, staying there, uh, staying on the roster for sure. So I'm just kind of poking through Twitter here real quick. Just want to make sure I'm not, not missing anything here. Okay, now that's just about Crosby. Okay, so – Nothing to update you guys on there. Uh, Tyler Goodson, um, he was cut loose. And, and that one's kind of surprising to me because, as you guys know, Tyler Goodson played really, really well. Um, uh, you know, in the preseason, he flashed a lot. We did our last Chalk Talk episode on the, on the run his that he had there uh, against the uh, um, the Chiefs. And 
his footwork is is amazing. You talking about a quick step and and body control. I'd like to see him make the practice squad, but he did not make the roster. Now that that kind of makes you think that okay, Patrick Taylor made the roster, right? We have not heard that yet, so I don't want to get put the cart before the horse here. Um, I'm kind of assuming he is going to be the third running back. Patrick Taylor will, but we haven't heard yet. Danny Etling, quarterback, was cut. No surprise there. Jawan Winfrey, wide receiver. Let's have a moment of silence for our boy Jacob. Let's pour one out for him. All right. All right. Sorry, Jacob, but Jawan Winfrey is gone. Uh, Chris Slayton, defensive lineman, he's gone. Jack Heflin was kind of a surprise. I thought he would make the roster. I thought he played really well in preseason, had a decent camp. He's someone who's who's been in, in Green Bay for some time now. Um, but it, it's surprising to me that he's only 24 years old, if I looked at that correctly. So I guess he is only a second-year player out of Iowa, but he, uh, he did not make the roster. So Maybe they'll stash him on the practice squad as well. That'd be great for defensive line depth moving forward if indeed we have an injury and have to roll him over to the active roster. Hopefully he doesn't get picked up. Um, Keandre Thomas, cornerback, uh, he got cut. Devontae Cross is cut. KB Into is cut. Akil Byers cut. Sam uh, Sal Canella cut. Uh, Dexter Williams cut. Sorry about that, Ryan. <laughs> uh, Alizé Mack cut. That was the guy that I thought might be um, our fourth tight end behind Aguara. However, he did not make the roster. So I just wanted to mention those cuts. And now what we're going to do is kind of look globally at the uh, the roster here, okay? And, and what I've done, guys, I've done a little bit of research. And um, the way I wanted to approach this is I wanted to kind of give you guys an idea of what the contracts look like. And this is going to kind of set the stage. I apologize for the shuffling there. I'm moving my mic over. Um, this is going to kind of set the stage moving forward as far as uh, how the roster is going to lay out. And and uh, and what I've got attached here is um, what year of their current contract they're in. Like, is it year one of five? Is it year two of four? So the total number of contract years and what year they're in, as well as their current cap hit for this year. Okay, so obviously it's going to be different next year, um, but we're just going to kind of focus in on what the, uh, what the cap hit is this year. Okay, so let's just start right here at the top. And let's go to uh, the quarterback position. As it sits right now, obviously, I don't I don't see any scenario where they would sign a quarterback and carry three. That's just silly. Um, hopefully, Danny Etling will make it to the practice squad. I think he's somebody who could who could come in and play back up in a pinch if, for some reason, Jordan Love gets hurt if he falls off the bench. I don't know what might happen there, but uh, anyway, Aaron Rodgers he's in contract year one of five, so he's got a five year deal. It's year number one. His cap hit this year is twenty eight point five million dollars. Guys, that's that's pretty low considering some of the cap numbers that are attached to quarterbacks nowadays. Um, backup quarterback Jordan Love, he's in year three of four, and his cap hit is three point three million. Okay, so you got Jordan Love under contract through next year. I personally don't think they should pick up the fifth year option. I think they should try to extend him if they think he's the quarterback of the future. Just bypass that that fifth year option so it doesn't put you in a bad spot because the way that fifth year option works is it's just like the franchise tag. You know, when you when you slap that tag on somebody and that's guaranteed money for them, well, now you no longer have the ability to negotiate that money. That's locked in stone. Like when you franchise tag somebody for, say, $10 million and you in the back of your mind, you're thinking, OK, long term, I have them in the plans. Well, when you go to do an extension, you can't get that 10 million back. 
right? And I don't know the rules exactly. I know when someone's under a franchise tag, you can't extend them anyway during that period. It may be the same thing with the fifth-year option. I'm not sure. But I would like to see them extend love. And the reason being is because, you know, if Aaron is going to play next year and that turns out to be his last year, then when you extend love next year, you can you can really minimize the cap hit on love the current year, the way you restructure the deal. And then, lo and behold, bam, the, next, the following year, Rodgers is – uh, cap hit for the most part is wiped away, and now you kind of start fresh with love. There's still some mystery behind the Aaron Rodgers contract. If anyone knows the details exactly, let me know. But I know the word option bonuses are being thrown around very loosely, and it sounds to me like we're going to be in a lot better shape when when Rodgers does walk away uh, here in the next uh, year, two years, whenever it is. I don't want to see him go. I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's a great leader. Um, but – the time's coming, right? And when it does happen, uh, if Jordan Love is the guy moving forward, you can you can minimize the cap hit next year. Rodgers plays one more year. Let's say he sells off into the sunset. Then, bam, Jordan Love steps in on his new contract. And, guys, if it's anything less than $20 million per year for Jordan Love, that's exactly the scenario that we stepped into with Aaron Rodgers when Brett Favre retired. And I think that would be absolutely huge. So, all right, let's move on to halfback. The only two players that I have uh, set in stone right here, obviously, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Aaron Jones, he's in year two of a four-year deal. So he's got two years left on his contract. This year's cap hit is only $5.9 million. Okay, now next year it jumps up big time. Right? I think it jumps to $20 million. However, there's only $10 million attached in dead cap, which means if we cut him loose next year, we, we would get $10 million of that back towards the cap. Okay, just to kind of give you an idea of how the cap sits next year, I was going to talk about this later, but I'll go ahead and mention to kind of put things into perspective. Right now, the Packers are $13 million over the cap for 2023. So just cutting Aaron Jones alone would free up $10 million. Now you're only three over the cap. I'm not saying they should do that. I think there's going to be a restructure involved, and the reason being – is because when they signed Aaron Jones to that extension, if you look at his contract, he has two voidable years on the backside of that four-year deal, which tells me the foundation is in place to restructure and be able to spread that money out over those two years. Okay, this is where we get into cash over cap, and this is not the podcast to talk about that. I've covered it a little bit more in detail in past podcasts. Today, we're not going to do that. We really want to focus on the 53-man projection as it sits right now and as information rolls in, if indeed it does, before we finish this podcast. So um, Aaron Jones, $5.9 million against the cap this year. Got two voidable years on the backside of that four-year deal. He's only in year number two. All right. Uh, A.J. Dillon, he's in year three of four. Guys, he's only $1.4 million towards the cap this year. Next year, I think it might jump to 1.7 or right under 2 million. What a steal for AJ Dillon. But that contract's coming up. We got to make the decision. Are we re-signing him or not? I hope they do. I love AJ Dillon. But those are the only two halfbacks I have on the roster right now because I don't feel comfortable enough. You heard a lot of rumors and rumblings from people that were doing projected 53 saying, could they only carry two halfbacks? You know, we talked about on the live stream last night with Matt and Bruce and Ryan about that, that very issue or scenario rather, um, <clears throat> right now I don't feel comfortable enough just saying Patrick Taylor is the guy. Okay, so we're going to move past that. Um, up next, we got wide receivers. Alan Lazard, one-year deal, $3.9 million. Cobb, he's in year three of three with $4.1 million in cap hit this year. He's got one voidable year from next year. Okay, so keep that in mind. It's the last year of his contract. Sammy Watkins, one-year contract, $1.7 million towards the cap this year. Why do I mention that? Those three in a cluster. 
because those three guys will not be on the roster next year as it sits right now. If you don't extend Lazard, if you don't extend Cobb, and if Watkins, you know, goes out and gets hurt or doesn't prove his worth, then you're going to let those three guys walk, right? And you're probably going, but those are our top three receivers, right? But listen at this. Up next, you got Amari Rogers. He's in year two of four, 1.1 million towards the cap. That's that's chump change. Up next, Christian Watson. He's in year one of four, 1.6 million dollars towards the cap. Chump change. Romeo Dobbs. This one makes me smile. I'm grinning like a possum eating you know what. Like Romeo Dobbs, year one of four, 875 thousand dollars towards the cap. We got him on a four year contract. Now, let me let me finish out here. Samori Torre made the roster. That's been confirmed now if indeed the source was was reliable and it was one of the beat riders. You're one of four, $724,000 towards the cap. So, guys, of those four receivers, Amari Rogers, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Samori Torre, they literally total up to two, three, four million dollars towards the cap. If you let Lazard, Cobb, and Watkins walk and you hit on Dobbs and Watson, and Amari Rogers proves his worth as a slot receiver. Your foundation is in place with Torre being a backup, and you are paying nothing out to the wide receiver room. I mean nothing. That's exciting to me. So that means going into next year, you're going to have four wide receivers on the roster where you normally carry six, but this year we carried seven. And this is what I was referring to in talking about rookie contracts and the value of them, especially when you're when you're playing this game of cash over cap, where you're kind of kicking the can down the road a bit. You've got to hit on those late round picks. And the fact that they, it looks as if they're keeping Dobbs and Torre, this is assuming that Christian Watson isn't going on the pup list. That hasn't been announced yet either. Until we know the final 53, we don't know all the details as far as Bakhtiar, Elton Jenkins, all that stuff. But those three players alone off the roster, you've got four returning. Now you just need two wide receivers to fill that out. You can fill that out in the draft, or you can go get another rental like you did with Watkins, essentially what you did with Lazard as well, right? So um, I, I like the way we sit with the wide receiver room in that regard. All right, let's move on to tight end. You got Mercedes Lewis. Um, he's in the second year of a two-year deal, $4.5 million towards the cap. He's got two voidable years tacked on there. So there's a little bit of restructuring that could go on there as well. The reason I mention these voidable years is because to me, it kind of says, okay, they've either already used that avenue to free up cap space this year, or that's something that they want to put a foundation in place to where, of course, the player is going to sign that deal because they're going to get guaranteed money up front. But it also puts that foundation in place where you could possibly spread some cap hit out over the course of the next two to four years, right? So Mercedes Lewis, like I said, two voidable years, $4.5 million towards the cap this year. Um, you got uh, Big Bob Tunyon, uh, one-year contract, $2.4 million uh, towards the cap. He's got one voidable year tacked on the backside. And Josiah DeGuara, he's in year three of four, $1.2 million towards the cap. So you've got three tight ends there. They probably carried um, Tyler Davis, but again, I don't feel comfortable saying that without knowing for sure. Um, let's see here. Ryan Wood just tweeted out. I want to check this. What comes first? Packers released our 53-man roster or the Mets Dodgers first pitch? All right, let's hope it comes out while I'm on here. But, okay, just a false alarm there. Appreciate you, Ryan, for wasting my time with that, Mr. Ryan Wood. All right, so um, let's move on to – or off, yeah, back to tight end. Mercedes Lewis will most likely not be on the roster next year. I mentioned that because that means we would have two tight ends returning if indeed Tyler Davis is only on a one-year deal. I haven't looked into that yet. 
All right. So that kind of gives you an idea of, okay, um, actually, uh, yeah, Bob Tunyon is technically not on the roster right now either, but if that needs healthy, I'd like to see them extend him. So tied in is something that this offseason you're probably going to be looking to scout heavy for. And uh, it's it's kind of weird because you can't expect rookie tight ends to contribute too much of this Matt LaFleur system. There's so much that's asked of them. That's not my opinion. That's Matt LaFleur's words verbatim. That's what he said. You know, it's hard to just bring in young tight ends to play in this offense because they're asked to do so much. Right. So uh, that's something I think that's a position in the offseason will probably be addressed. And if indeed Bob Tunyon doesn't get extended, I could also see, though, Bob Tunyon getting extended if they get to the point where they feel really comfortable with the knee, because in his mind, you know, I mean, he's only making two point four million dollars. You know, why not go ahead and sign an extension? Do you really want to test free agency and and kind of, you know, bet on yourself this season to have a big year? I could see the incentive for the Packers to try to work out a deal right there. And the fact that there's a voidable year on the backside anyway, that kind of makes things interesting. So moving on to offensive line, this is assuming that David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins are not on the pup. OK, David Bakhtiari, he's in year three of five. He's got thirteen point four million towards the cap. Now, if you fast forward to twenty twenty three, it doesn't get great. Um, that that salary cap number is going to jump. It's going to jump to actually, uh, let's see here, the cap hit. Yeah, for 2023 is going to jump to 29 million, but the dead cap is uh, 23 million. So if you cut him loose, you would free up six million next year. I, I don't see that being a scenario. I think it's something that they would probably restructure if indeed David Bakhtiari wants to continue to play. All that's going to depend on the need, but he's under contract for next year. Let's move on to Elton Jenkins. You're four of four. $4.7 million towards the cap. Elton Jenkins is set to be a free agent next year. This is where it gets kind of tricky. You guys, uh, if you listen to Packer Net After Dark, um, I called in to talk to Ryan about this, and um, <clears throat> it's like something happened yesterday to where things got tricky and he wasn't at practice, or at least he went out there and rode the bike for a few minutes, came in, and then he decided to speak to the media. They said it wasn't injury-related, but he had a shoulder uh, brace on, which didn't make any sense. However, there's a reason he didn't practice. He seemed, It seems like something's wrong there. There's some Maybe there's some disconnect. I think he's wanting that contract extension. I think that's probably the most reasonable uh, avenue as far as you know trying to guess, okay, why – why did he miss practice? Um, but again, we're going to pretend as if he's not going to be on the team. I think he will get extended. I think it'd be very, very important if indeed the knee is completely healthy. But right now, as it sits, he, he's his contract expires this year. It doesn't mean they can't franchise him, uh, although we know the Packers like to stay away from the franchise tag. That's definitely an option. Up next, we got Josh Myers. He's in year two of four. Okay, year two of four for Josh Myers on his rookie deal. And uh, he is uh, only $1.2 million against the cap. Um, so we're looking good there, especially with his uh, run uh, run grade uh, really, really being on the rise. I, I think Josh Myers is going to be a, a great offensive lineman moving forward. I think he's going to take a big step if what we've seen in preseason and in camp, um, you know, is, is going to kind of tell the story or give us a little preview. I think he's going to take a big step this year. Up next, you got John Runyon. Man, what a great draft pick. John Runyon and the way that he contributed last year, and now he's pretty much penciled in as a starting guard. For us, he's in year three of four, only 938000 towards the cap. 
You got Royce Newman. He's in year two of four, 949,000 towards the cap. And then Rashid Walker, it's been confirmed that he did make the roster year one of four, 725,000 towards the cap. I should have probably went ahead and penciled in Zach Tom, but I hadn't heard confirmation and stranger things have happened in the past. I didn't want to be the guy you guys listen to a podcast and just assume, okay, Clayton must have knew that Zach Tom made the roster and then him get cut or be get moved or you know, some crazy injury thing pop up and he goes to pup. I didn't want to be that guy, right? So those are the only offensive linemen I feel real comfortable mentioning right now. And again, if you're going to play cash over cap and you're going to play this game, you've got to hit on those late round picks. John Runyon, Royce Newman, and Rasheed Walker, freaking home runs. I think that's uh, that's absolutely awesome. So with the offensive line position, the only one that I've got circled here that might not be back, and I think it's a stretch to say that I think he will be back, is Elton Jenkins. So here on this list right here, one, two, three, four, five, basically five players that are going to be returning. You could you could probably throw Zach Tom in there. That's six. Um, I don't know what Hanson, uh, yeah, what Hanson's contract is. I didn't get that far into looking into his, but uh, I think the Packers are in a good spot on the offensive line personally. I, it just seems like they do so well drafting after the second round, even in the second round too, but you really want to hit on those third, fourth, and fifth rounders. And, and in Rasheed Walker's case, the seventh. They've seen something with Rasheed Walker early to really lock him in um, as a, uh, uh, you know, to be kind of fixed into this this uh, lineup. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited about that. All right, so this is a good point to take a break. Um, we are at the 24-minute mark. So why don't we take us a quick commercial break, and when we get back, we're going to cover the defense, briefly touch on the special teams, and then if any news comes in with the initial 53 here, then I'll read off uh, what that 53-man roster actually is. If not, then we'll obviously get you caught up here in the next 24 hours. But let's take us a quick commercial break. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. 
That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back. Let's talk about the defense. Let's kind of hit on uh, what we're seeing here on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, The guys that I feel really confident that have been confirmed, obviously Kenny Clark, he's in year three of five. His cap hit was $9.9 million. There are two voidable years tacked on the back back side of his contract as well. Um, Devontae Wyatt, rookie deal, um, year one of four, $2.3 million towards the cap. Um, you've got uh, TJ Slayton, year two of four, eight hundred ninety-five thousand towards the cap. What a what a great uh, great contract to have right there for a big nose tackle, and I'm excited to see if he takes a step forward this year. And then you got Jaron Reed; he's in year one of one, obviously just a one-year prove-it deal, one point seven million towards the cap. Now, guys, when they signed him, one of the ways that they were able to sign him, even though they were in cap hell was they put on four voidable years on the backside, okay? And I'm not going to take the time to pull up that contract exactly. I don't think it was a huge amount of money, obviously. I think it was a total of three, a $3 million deal. I want to say is less than 400 k spread out over four years, um, you know, each per year. So it, it would have been another $1.3 million spread out over four is the proper way of wording that, roughly three to $400,000 in voidable uh, contract money there over the next four years. So you've got four guys there. One of them is not returning. Um, so your base is kind of in place. Kenny Clark playing the nose, and he can also slide out to that three and five if he needs to uh, as far as technique. Uh, you've got Wyatt who can play the three technique primarily. And then uh, obviously uh, TJ Slayton, if he steps into that traditional nose tackle role, you've got your starters in place for your 34 base. And uh, as the 53-man roster comes in, we'll see if any other contracts are uh, are beneficiary there for uh, – beneficial, I should say, for the Packers. Uh, moving forward. All right, moving over to edge. The only two guys I've got penciled in here because I think it could go either way um, is Rashawn, <clears throat> excuse me, Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. Rashawn Gary's in, in year four of five. Um, he's got a, uh, a $5 million cap hit this year that obviously I think jumps to 10 million. They picked up the fifth year option for next year. They want to make darn sure Gary is compensated with that guaranteed money. So maybe next year they can put a contract in place for the following year. Um, and then you've got Preston Smith. Um, he's in year one of five. He just got his extension only $11.4 million towards the cap. Guys, that is really, really cheap. The fact that you've got two starting edge defenders and they're both um, right around $10 million, you know, with, uh, like I said, Preston Smith being at $11.4 million, um, that's something that's very, very valuable because there's – I mean, when you hear about what the Bosa's are making or going to make, I mean, you're talking about – you know, 20, anywhere from 20 to 30 million per year, maybe even 35 million per year um, when it comes to edge defenders. Obviously, a very, very, very important position um, in the game of uh, football, especially in the National Football League. All right, let's move on to linebackers. So, I, I, well, first of all, I want to mention those edge defenders because both those guys are coming back. Those are obviously your starters. We don't need any other starters. We just need to fill it out with death. I think that, uh, that Enig Barr, Anak Bar, Enig Barre, however you want to roll the R. I think he'll be uh probably on the roster from the from the way it looks to me. Uh see, we got us a tweet here from I believe that's Bill Huber. 
let me see if that's anything important. Um, let's see here. Micah Abernathy went, okay, no, nah, that, that's nothing. We'll talk about him in just a second. Okay, cool. Um, I apologize for interrupting like this from time to time, but again, if it drops, I want you guys to have the information as soon as possible. So that's why, why we're doing it this way. Um, okay, so let's move on to linebacker. You've got Devondre Campbell. He's in year one of five. He just signed that five-year deal. Only $4.2 million towards the cap this year. Once you get past the second and third year, it makes uh, you're in a position where you could cut him loose if you need to. But obviously, everybody wants Devondre Campbell around for the next three to five years. Solid player, number 48 on the top 100 list. Um, I think Campbell is a, a great, great inside linebacker. Great out as the second highest inside linebacker or second highest linebacker, I should say, uh, on PFF. And we've got him under contract for the next five years. Uh, Quay Walker, rookie first round pick. I've got his, if you guys have seen the live stream, I've got his autographed jersey behind me on the wall. I uh, just purchased it the other day from Pristine Auctions. And, uh, man, uh, I, I'm so excited about Quay Walker. He just he looks like he gets it. He's got great work ethic. You can tell he's a team guy. He's someone who's driven, got the physical, raw talent, the quick first step, the size, the length, everything you want uh, in a, a solid uh, inside linebacker and, and even maybe a hybrid rusher as we move forward in his career. We don't know. It's still early, but that's uh, basically one of a four-year deal with a fifth-year option in place, only $2.5 million towards the cap this year. Really excited to see what Quay Walker does. Up next, you got Chris Barnes. He's in the third year of a three-year deal, only eight hundred ninety-five thousand towards the cap. This is probably going to be his last hoorah with the uh, with the Green Bay Packers. He'll be gone next year, I'm sure. Um, I can't imagine he's going to be looking to give a discount unless they let him test free agency, come back, meet in the middle, and bring him back that way. But the one I'm really excited about is Isaiah McDuffie. He's in year two of four, only eight hundred fifty-seven thousand towards the cap. I thought he looked really, really good in preseason, and uh, also. Uh, you heard uh, some of the stuff coming out of camp. I kind of feel like he's surpassing Barnes now, or he's, he's at least caught up to Barnes. I'd like to see him step into that role a little bit more. And, and Matt LaFleur talked about how he and Chris Barnes have a great working relationship, a great friendship um, that that he's kind of – he what he referred to as KB. He's been in KB's hip pocket and really learning the ropes from him. So I like the way we sit there at linebacker. With that being said, if they don't carry a fifth, we know Ty Summers got cut. Um, I can't imagine they're going to carry Wilborn. I'm pretty sure he's he's all but gone. Probably one of the final two cuts there. Um, but um, yeah, you got three returning. I think you've got a good foundation, a good base in place there for the middle of the roster. And you guys have heard me talk about top tier play, top tier positions, and second tier positions on both offense and defense. You know, on the offensive side of the ball, there's there's two top tier positions in my opinion. It's quarterback and left tackle, right? And on defense. Um, the top tier is basically just edge. But when you get to the second tier, the second tier, uh, you know, most important positions on defense, I think, are defensive tackle, middle linebacker, and free safety. I, I even covet those three positions higher than corner. I really do, because I think you can scheme stuff into place. It's great that we got Jair Alexander. It's great that we got the cornerback tandem we do, but you can do a lot of things schematically to help account for that. But we've seen year in and year out, when you do not have a good inside linebacker, it really makes it hard for the defense to uh, to do what you ask them to do on a consistent basis. And I think it's really important to have a nose tackle. You know, um, the fact that you're going to have a guy that he's the guy that's closest to the ball. I mean, every snap, he's the guy that's closest to the ball. He's the equivalent to, in my opinion, what you see um, with uh, with the center position. The center handles the ball every single play. Only he and the quarterback handle the ball every single play, and I, I think that's very, very, very important. 
to uh, to make sure that you've got quality uh, quality players there. So I want to mention this tweet from Andy Herman. We'll interrupt this segment real quick. Um, he just said a couple hours ago, there's two cuts to go when you heard me say there's two more cuts, likely from this list. So they've kind of got it narrowed down, and they feel like, okay, of these 10 players, I don't even know if it's 10, there should be two of these players cut. It's either going to be halfback Patrick Taylor, tight end Tyler Davis, defensive tackle Jonathan Ford, uh, edge defender Jonathan Garvin, edge defender T. Benalia, um, uh, middle linebacker Ray Wilborn, safety uh, Dalton Levitt. He put highly unlikely, and then Tariq Carpenter at safety. I think Levitt makes it. I think Carpenter makes it. I think Wilborn is gone, and I think it's probably going to come down to um, – Gosh, it's probably going to be Jonathan Ford, man. You hate to see that seventh-round contract go um, there with a four-year deal. But, again, you've got you've to cut somebody loose, right? So, um, yeah, that's going to get very, very interesting as we come down to the wire here. Uh, let's see. Yeah, no other news there. He's just confirming that the 242nd consecutive regular season game streak, uh, you know, basically Mason Crosby's never missed a game. Um, it will continue on September 11th if indeed he does start because he is on the active roster. We have had that confirmed now. So, cool. Let's move on to corner. Corner is kind of tricky. Um, I did not just – I did not uh, put uh, Shamar Jean Charles as a slam dunk on this list because, you know, like I said before, weirder things have happened. I think he's going to make the roster. I do. But I didn't want to put him down and mislead. So Jair Alexander just signed a five-year deal. He's in year one of that. Only seven million towards the cap this year, but next year it does jump to twenty million. This is a perfect example of what we were talking about, guys. That when if you do decide uh, to re-sign Jordan Love next year to that contract extension, here's a great example of how Jair Alexander's cap number went down in year one. They signed the extension. It went into effect this year, and they saved money against the cap this year by getting that deal done. That's why you would like to see them get the Rashawn Gary deal done. However, picking up the fifth-year option, it sounds to me like they they probably didn't have common ground yet with Rashawn Gary. Let's throw them that guaranteed money next year and see if we can work on a contract extension. I do need to get that question answered, though, as far as the CBA and can a contract be negotiated while a fifth in a fifth-year option year. Uh, to me, I think it can but I, I would like to confirm that before I said for sure. But nonetheless, Jair Alexander on the roster for the next five years. Up next, Eric Stokes. I'm not putting him in front of Douglas, saying he's better than Douglas. It's just long-term. I kind of look at him as, as a long-term answer, as where Russell Douglas uh, you know, might just be here one to three years. I think that Stokes will probably get uh, re-signed to, uh, to that second contract sooner or later. But uh, he's in uh, year two of a four-year deal with the fifth-year option, obviously. $2.7 million towards the cap this year. Good to go. Russell Douglas signed that three-year deal. Um, he's in year one of it, only $3.3 million towards the cap this year. His deal is structured very much so like uh, Devondre Campbell's. Uh, actually, a, a little more um, short-minded, really, because I think starting next year, you can save a significant amount of money if Russell Douglas does not make the roster. And there's some kind of option out there as well. I think it might have been for both the team and the player, but I don't have the contract in front of me. It's it's definitely at a minimum one or the other, but it might be both. Um, all right, so that's kind of how that sits. You've got three corners that I feel real good about there, obviously. So you're looking to fill that out with either five or six total. And those contracts you're probably going to be looking to fill a cornerback position next year because um, unless you're you're uh, 
you know, on a futures contract where it's a two-year deal and you might have somebody under contract for a couple of years, kind of like what we've done with Chris Barnes the last few years, and he'll make in less than a million dollars per. So, all right, let's move on to safety. Adrian Amos, he's in the last year of his contract. Uh, he's making $7.2 million towards the cap this year, but there are four voidable years tacked onto his deal, guys. Anybody who says the Packers weren't all in this year, you need to slap them across. Well, don't slap. I don't want to encourage violence, but they don't know what they're talking about because they really bit the bullet to keep Adrian Amos on the roster, and they they basically said, here's four voidable years. Let's spread this out because he is worth that money. We'll give him guaranteed money, and we'll reduce the cap hit this year. That way we could get under the cap. These are the gymnastics that were taking place while the Devontae Adams trade was going down and all that stuff. Uh, probably would have done things a little bit different. Um, the Packers would have if they had known that's how that would have played out with, uh, with Devontae Adams, but it is what it is. You can't go back, right? Uh, Darnell Savage, he's in year four. Um, of uh, five because they did pick up his fifth-year option. $3.9 million is what he's making this year, but he's under contract for next year as well. Um, and then you've got Abernathy, man. He's my darling. I love, love Abernathy. I'm, I'm excited to watch Michael play this year. Uh, he just has that feel to him that it might be uh, like Rasul Douglas and Devondre Campbell. I really believe that. There's something about the way he played in that preseason game and the way he flashed. Um, it just feels like this is a guy that Goody grabbed and it's going to really, really pay dividends. Now, only a one-year deal, seven hundred and five thousand. That's an absolute steal for anyone that that might contribute to special teams, uh, you know, significantly, and uh, might be able to play that swing safety role or even come in in certain packages. But I'm excited that Abernathy's on the roster. But with that being said, guys, Amos is going to be gone, and right as it sits right now, Abernathy will be gone next year. Those are the only three I have in right now. I know they're going to carry four. I think Carpenter will make the roster. I really feel like that. So that's going to be a four-year deal. So who knows? Maybe Carpenter. Carpenter can, you know, flash, and he, he had a great special team grade of like 70.1 this preseason. Maybe he, uh, you know, emerges as as a strong safety for us and uh, and can kind of play there alongside Savage moving forward. Maybe Amos does get some kind of extension. Maybe he's willing to take a pay cut. Maybe he tests free agency and we bring him back. Who knows? But as it sits right now, safety is one of those positions that once again in the draft we'll probably be looking to try to find somebody there. To, uh, to fill out the roster, if not step into a start, uh, starting strong safety role, if indeed Amos uh, doesn't make it back and uh, Carpenter doesn't prove to be you know starting caliber, which I don't think anybody could expect that with him being such a late-round pick. All right, moving on to special teams. Long snapper Coco, we seem to have found our long snapper, right? And uh, with Coco, he's on a three-year deal. It's year one, so we've got him for the next three years at a minimal contract, 705000 probably not even worth mentioning, but we are. Um, up next is kicker Mason Crosby. He's in the final year of his contract, uh, year three of three, and uh, making $4.7 million towards the cap this year. They've actually got three voidable years on the backside of Mason Crosby's contract, too. So that's something that, uh, you know, yeah, that's that that doesn't sit pretty. I mean, the fact that he's $4.7 million towards the cap, you know, like Ryan said on his pod, if it's a Justin Tucker, absolutely, you know. But let's be honest, Mason hasn't had that kind of success here lately. I'm not saying it was his fault. It's obvious that there was operational, uh, you know, errors that were that were taking place all year last year. But at the same time, how much longer does he got? Right? I know he's a, a staple on this team. He's he's a team captain. He's been a team captain for a long time. I know Aaron loves him. I know the guys love him. I think he's very important to the locker room. Um, you know, hopefully they work something out and he continues to kick for them because I'm a, I'm a big Mason Crosby fan, but at the same time, man, 4.7 million towards the cap. That kind of hurts when it's not someone who's, you know, kicking 
Pro Bowl caliber, you know, at least not last year. You got Pat O'Donnell. This is money well spent. He's $1.6 million towards the cap. He's in year one of two, so he will be back next year. That gives me a lot of peace, knowing that the operation should be taken care of. You got Coco, who's playing, they say, is playing great compared to Wordle. And then uh, Pat O'Donnell, obviously, uh, the holding issue has been taken care of. It seems like the snapping and the holding has been taken care of. You credit uh, Brian Gudikins for going out and getting Coco. And Pat O'Donnell, you also credit uh, Rich Passaccia because he vouched for O'Donnell and said that's the guy he wants. The reason we know that is because he actually tried to sign him uh, in Las Vegas. It might have even been Oakland back then. I can't remember how far back it went. But, it, yeah, I think it might have been Vegas. Um, he wanted him in Vegas with him as a special teams coordinator before John Gruden lost his mind and sent out a bunch of stupid emails. Or I guess they were already sent out. Maybe uh, the NFL just the, decided to uh, disclose them. But, boy, that's a story for another that feels like it was so long ago, you know, and it really wasn't. It's just amazing how the news cycle rolls in and out with the with the National Football League. There is always something to talk about. There's never uh, never a shortage of news and, and storylines when it comes to the NFL. So that's how that kind of sits. I'm going to count them off here. These are the only ones that I felt comfortable really penciling in because, again, I don't want to give you guys information. You wake up tomorrow and go, well, I thought Clayton said he made the team. I didn't want to do that. These are – I'm 99% positive these are the players that are going to be on the roster with the exception of people like uh, uh, Bob Tunyon, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins that may start on the pup, okay? Uh, so, again, let's count them off here. we got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 30, 34, 37, 40, I think 41 that I'm counting right there. Um, so yeah, there's still, still some stuff to come in, but wanted to kind of give you an idea contractually what the roster looks like. Now, here's what I will say. Let's count them off here. Let's say every player I circle does not come back next year on the roster, right? And we lose them somehow. You've got three receivers in Lazard, Cobb and Watkins. You've got two tight ends in Lewis and Tunyon. You've got one offensive lineman in Jenkins, which I think that's a joke to even consider that. Um, you've got one defensive lineman in Reed, one linebacker in Barnes, and two safeties in Amos and Abernathy. Let's say that's how that played out. Guys, there is your blueprint for where you're going to be spending the majority of your time scouting this come col coming college football season. And I mention that because college football season, has it's already technically started, but this week it really gets ramped up. These are positions that you're going to want to look for. Go to the the, the top uh, consensus big boards right now and look at the top receivers and say, okay, who could we fill out the roster with? Who do I need to really want to really watch? You know, who are some players that may slide down on the draft board later on in the year? But typically, the guys you hear about earlier are the ones that really that really splash and make it at the next level, right? So three wide receivers, two tight ends, one offensive lineman, two safeties, one linebacker, one defensive lineman. That's kind of the early blueprint. Now that could all change, right? As, as players get signed to extensions and things fall into place and the rest of this 53 shakes out, um, I apologize. I really wish I could have the 53 for you guys finalized here right now, but it's just uh, it doesn't look like it's going to happen as we get ready to wrap this up, and that's what we're going to do. So let's take a quick glance at the salary cap, okay? We'll get you guys out of here. I'm doing that in this episode because we're talking 53-man roster cut down, but also, guys, we're in football season now. You know, I'm going to come back Thursday and we're going to have a pod for you. We'll probably do a little history segment and kind of get you set up. But next week that we're into football from here on out, you know, 
with the exception of maybe a contract extension or two that take place, a little transaction here or there. But I wanted to get this out of the way today and just give you one last look at what the contracts look like for next year and where we sit salary cap-wise so we can kind of get ramped up for real football. And then we'll pick this up in the offseason, obviously, because I got a lot of great feedback that that people really enjoyed uh, listening to me break down contracts and stuff in the offseason because I, I wasn't talking about just the – the random nonsense, the Mount Rushmore's, your favorite foods, all that stuff. We really took that dead time to hammer out, okay, what are the details of the contracts? But when you look at the uh, the Packers roster next year, and I'm on Spotrack, so this is all – this can change, but for the most part, this is pretty accurate, okay? Right now the Packers sit next year $13.2 million, $13 million over the cap. OK, so they are 13 million over the cap next year. Guys, that's that's not a big feat. That's not a big hurdle to uh, to overcome. It really is. And I think there's two. There was one screen here that that actually told me how many players were on the roster. And I do not see it now. I want to say it was something. I mean, it, it was surprising. It was something like 43 or maybe even 47. But I, I remember seeing it and thinking, oh, yeah, we're in good shape. Um, guys. We can make that that you know negative cap up. I mean, literally with a couple of contract negotiations, right? So we're sitting pretty for next year. But I think it's worth mentioning that all these people that continued to say that Aaron Rodgers took all the money and he's going to bankrupt Green Bay and this and that, guys, next year's cap hit because I mentioned this year's cap hit over and over and over to people. He's only making twenty eight point five million towards the cap this year. What are you talking about? He's the back-to-back reigning MVP, and he's making, I think he was the sixth highest cap hit in the entire National Football League. There was five other, either five or six other quarterbacks that are accounting for more cap hit than Aaron Rodgers against the cap for the Packers this year. Like, that's crazy. That's such a crazy good deal. They're immediately, oh, it's going to catch up to you, though. Wait till next year. Okay there, Einstein. Next year's cap hit is only $31 million. I'm pretty sure he drops down even further on that list. Not to not to even mention Lamar Jackson's about to get the bag. There's other quarterbacks about to get extended right now. Baker Mayfield is playing for his career. I'm going to tell you something about Baker Mayfield. I'm not saying I agree with his leadership style. I'm not saying that he's a mature adult. It's obviously he's got flaws. There's been story after story about that. But that dude played great football three of the last four years. He comes out in Carolina and he lights it up with that defense behind him. Don't be surprised if he gets the bag. And I'm telling you right now, you're going to see Aaron Rodgers' cap hit. That Aaron Rodgers is done. He's not going to try to get any more guaranteed money moving forward. This contract is his last contract. He's been on the record saying that. So his cap hit, as far as ranking across the National Football League at the quarterback position, is going to sink lower and lower on that list. And I'm going to love watching the haters cringe at it too because we're in a great spot with where he sits especially with Jordan Love's contract at the backup position at 3.3 million but coming into next year Aaron Rodgers is under contract David Bakhtiari has a 29 million dollar cap hit I want to see that restructured he has no voidable years on his deal right now you're probably going to see them if he comes out healthy this year tack on a couple of voidable years and kick that can down the road a bit and try to absorb it with some of the new media money coming in uh, the next highest paid is Kenny Clark $23 million cap hit, $20 million in dead cap, okay? So there's no way they're getting rid of Kenny. They may try to uh, do some kind of restructure or maybe voidable years there. 
Aaron Jones is the big one that stands out to me and it breaks my heart. 20 point or just $20 million towards the cap next year. And his dead cap's only nine million, nine and a half, which means guys, if you cut him loose, you're going to save ten and a half million dollars towards the cap next year. I do not want to see that happen, but the writing's on the wall that Aaron Jones is either going to have to restructure and take a pay cut like Randall Cobb, or he's probably going to be cut loose uh, to test free agency. And then at that point, what Green Bay has to do is, okay, if he comes back and says, okay, uh, yeah, I got somebody offering me uh, $6 million. Okay, well, if we sign him to a $7 million deal, then essentially when you look at the books, we save $2.5 million and shave that off. Uh, with the cap penalty tacked onto that. So just something to think about, something to look look at there in the future, right? Um, that that's where the biggest savings are going to be able to come from next year. That, and like I said, voidable years and restructuring contracts. So we're in it to win it right now for as long as Aaron's here. The, the cool thing is I cannot wait. I can wait. I don't want Aaron to retire, okay? I, I really enjoy watching him play. I think we're very, 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 very fortunate to uh, have him as our quarterback and especially under the contract that he's under right now. Um, but when he retires, it's going to get quiet. Mark my words, because I think people are going to be crazy surprised at they're going to look up and go, wait a minute. I thought, I thought green Bay was on the hook for all that money. I'm telling you, there's a reason that contract has not been released completely. I'm telling you right now. And it's because the numbers that were reported by Ian Rappaport on this contract when they said $50 million per with the $150 million uh, guaranteed and all that, right? Okay, so Ian Rappaport reports that. Guess where Ian Rappaport got those numbers from? He did not get them from the Green Bay Packers. It had to have come from Aaron Rodgers' agent or the agency leaked that out. The agents want to run their victory laps and say, look at all the money that we got our, our prospects. Why do they do that? Because it's free advertising for, for their agency. Other players will look at that and go, oh, wow, yeah, I guess they did. Man, they really, that's who I want to represent me, right? That's their little moment of glory. We know the Green Bay Packers didn't release it, so it had to be the agent or the agency. Now, what did Aaron say? If you, if you learn how to listen and listen to the right people at the right time, you can kind of get the story behind the story. Aaron Rodgers says, this is a one plus a two with an option of a three. A one plus a two with the option of a three. That doesn't sound like that contract's set in stone, does it? So don't be surprised if when he does retire, all of a sudden we look up and go, oh, that wasn't as bad as we thought. We freed up X amount of cap, uh, you know, cap room. I'm telling you it's going to happen. And when it does, I'm going to hold some people's feet to the fire. None of the listeners, uh, you guys are cool, but there's a couple of guys out there on Twitter that like to stick their chest out and think they know what they're talking about. And for the most part, they do. But yeah, I'm telling you, man, you got to learn to read between the lines because when you ask them the right questions, they go quiet. It's crickets. And it's going to happen. I'm telling you, when Aaron retires, you mark my words, we're going to look up and go, oh, wow. So they just tacked on these voidable years, and it wasn't as much guaranteed money as we thought up front. Well, why did those numbers get reported? Because Ian Rappaport is doing a favor for the agency. And that's what made the whole interaction between Aaron Rodgers, Ian Rappaport, through the Pat McAfee show so interesting to me. is because they were arguing back and forth, Pat and Ian were, but you notice it never got heated. They were just – it's like they were taking shots at each other. They know how this game is played. And behind the scenes, they know 
that Ian Rappaport is saving face for the agency and Pat McAfee's going to bat for Aaron. So it's like it's almost like it turns out to be a push. Aaron's not the bad guy. And uh, also the agency got the clout they wanted in the three-year $150 million, $50 million per. But isn't it amazing that the only thing that got talked about with the reporting of that contract was $150 million over three years? Why am I sitting here looking at the contract and it's a five-year deal? Huh? That's right, because it's all fluff. Not all fluff. There's a lot of fluff in it. So I'm really excited to see how that plays out. And I think Packer fans will be pleasantly surprised uh, when he does step away. You did hear them say that it's more expensive if Aaron retires in less than three years or uh, if he plays beyond the three-year mark. Now, how does that make sense? Because if he retires within three years or less, the Packers are going to get a ton of money back. It's just nobody's talking about that because it benefits no one. It doesn't benefit the agency, and it doesn't benefit Aaron Rodgers because we know Aaron Rodgers has been tied into the union. He was a, a somewhat of a rep at one point. He's been very vocal about his teammates, the bottom half of the roster, and his teammates voting against certain aspects of the new CBA. He knew they got screwed, right? So he wants – to always raise the bar for the next player. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being a part. I'm not a huge union guy, but I understand the aspect. You know, without unions, you know, the unions came about because there were employer employers abusing their uh, their employees over so many years in the early 1900s, right? And I don't want to get into a history segment here on the, the economy and all that stuff. It, it is something I'm passionate about. That's not why you listen to the podcast. I'm just saying, I, I don't think all unions are evil, although I don't agree with the majority of what they do. But that's Aaron going to bat to be able to say, hey, I got $50 million per. The bar's been raised again. That should be your new benchmark. Have a nice life. I'm going to play two years and then go to Cali and sit on the beach and eat mushrooms and do my thing, right? So anyway. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. We did the best we could, seeing that the 53 hasn't been technically released yet. Here's a tweet from Ian Rappaport. Let's make sure nothing's going on there. Okay, nope. All right, cool. So nothing else new. So we're going to sign off there, guys. Again, I, I wish I could have brung you the final 53, but we did what we could. I waited as long as I possibly could. I usually want to get this pod out between noon and 3 o'clock uh, uh, Central Standard Time, and obviously – Right now, I'm finishing up recording at 6 o'clock, so we're going to go ahead and get this pod in your all's hands. Uh, hopefully, you guys have a great day tomorrow. Um, when you're listening to this podcast, you should be listening to it tonight, too, if you are. Um, have a great great night this uh, this evening here on, uh, on Tuesday evening. And, um, yeah, we're going to sign it off there. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Go Pack Go! Third down, inches to go.